Welcome to the Talks with T-Time podcast, man. I'm always glad to have you guys. Listen, what you're going to do for the next hour, kick back, sit back, and enjoy some tea time in your ears, man. We always talking about sports. We always talking about real life events. And we're always just talking about life in general. So what I need you guys to do is go ahead, kick back, and enjoy. Welcome to Talks with Tea Time. What is up, you guys? It's your boy, Tony T-Time West, man, and I'm back at it again with another episode of Talks with T-Time, man. I greatly appreciate you guys here. Man, happy New Year's to everybody. Happy holidays to everybody. Uh, glad to see you guys have made it into the new year, man. Like I told you guys on my Instagram and as well on this podcast, man, 2020, we're jumping full in, man. Full into the success, full into this bag, and I hope the same for all of you guys, man. Um, and like I said, man, we're going to take off this year, man, this year, 2019, last year. Now I did, I did a lot, man. I did a lot this year. Uh, went back to grad school, moved to Atlanta, um, got a new job. You know, I I did a lot this year in 2019, but I'm telling you guys, man, 2020 is going to be even better. Uh, I appreciate you guys support. You guys have been amazing, man. And, uh, we're going to go ahead and jump into everything today, man. I hope y'all having a great new year and a start to your new year. Um, I want to go ahead and jump into some college football today. We'll talk about that a lot, about the playoff matchups that took place this weekend. And then we're going to jump in uh, NFL. And the playoffs are starting this weekend for that, too. So it's going to be a lot of football today. So we won't really cover much on basketball. Actually, we won't cover basketball at all. I'll be completely honest with y'all. And I told y'all that we're going to really start covering basketball probably after the Super Bowl. Um, so probably, like, I'm going to take that couple weeks off in February and then probably in March. We're going to be strictly just basketball-centric. So trust me, we ain't forgetting about basketball. But we'll start focusing more on that a little closer to basketball season because right now we're in peak importance of football season. So I want to go ahead and jump into the NFL first. We'll talk about the NFL first, and then we'll go ahead and move on to um, college football because, like I said, a lot of games took place this weekend Uh, that we have to have a talk about. Mainly the playoff games is what I really want to more so focus on. So we'll start off with the NFL first. I do want to just kind of go over some of the scores from week 17. Um, We had the Jets beat the Buffalo Bills 13-6. So now the Jets finished their season 7-9, which for them is actually not that bad. The Bills uh, in their season 10-6 and and going to the playoffs, and we'll talk about them in a few minutes. Um, the Browns, they end their season 6-10 and 10 by losing to the Bengals. Bengals won 33-23. Um, they end their season 2-14. and 14. And obviously at this point, it sounds like it's pretty much a lock that they're going to get Joe Burrow. Um, the Packers, they win their game um, in a kind of crazy fashion because they played really horrible in that game. But they did come back and win being down 14 points. They won 23-20 against the Detroit Lions. They end out their season 13-3, and and the Lions end out their season 3-12-1. The Chargers got beat by the Chiefs 31-21. The Chiefs end out their season uh, 12-4, excuse me, and the Chargers end out their season 5-11. Next, the Bears won their game over the Vikings 21-19. The Bears end out their season 8-8. And the Vikings end out their regular season 10-6, and, and they have a playoff game that we'll talk about this weekend as well. 
the Dolphins. Probably the shocker of the week. And I actually want to give Brian Flores a little credit. Not just because he's black, but, I mean, he this team was thought of being possibly the worst team we've ever seen in the history of football after the first two or three weeks. And he got this team five wins and beat in New England, in New England, 27 to 24. And they, they actually had something to play for. New England actually had something to play for. They had to play for getting that first week by that they, they're used to getting. They haven't had this in 10 years. So shout out to Miami, man. Uh, winning this game, 27-24. Ryan Patrick put on an absolute clinic. 28 for 41, 320 yards, man. Um, Devontae Parker, man. It just makes you seem to believe that Adam Gates might have been the problem because he's been balling this year. Eight receptions for 137 yards, man. He got that new contract a few weeks ago. Happy for him. Um, but the Dolphins are not that season 5-11, and 11, which for them, after what we've seen in the first five weeks of the season, that is a big improvement. So shout out to Brian Flores. He should low-key, I don't want to say he should get Coach of the Year award. I mean, Coach, you know, Coach of the Year. But he should definitely be in the top ten because that team was meant to tank, and he got them five wins. You got to give him a little credit on that. Um, the Patriots end out their season 12 and 4. The Atlanta Falcons got an overtime win in um, Tampa, winning 28 to 22. They actually are going to end out second in the NFC South with a 7 and 9 record. And also, the Buccaneers have a 7 and 9 record as well. Uh, the Carolina Panthers, like I told y'all last year, uh, last week, is going to continue to lose. They got blowed out by the Saints 42 to 10. The Saints 13 and 3 in their season, and the Panthers in their season 5 and 11. The Redskins, who just got a new coach, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Um, the three they ended out their season three and thirteen, losing to the Dallas Cowboys forty-seven to sixteen. Who also has a coaching carousel problem going on right now as well. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But they end out their season eight and eight. The Raiders, who actually got off to a hot start at the, at the beginning of the season, but kind of start tanking off towards the end. They lost sixteen to fifteen to Broncos. The Broncos ended the 7-9, and also as well, the Raiders ended 7-9 in their season. The Cardinals played the Rams, and they lost 31-24. Rams in their season 9-7. The Cardinals in their season 5-10-1. And, um, and then the Eagles played that game that they really had to have to win the East. Um, they won that game 34-17. Um, the Eagles end out their season 9-7. The Giants end out their season 4-12. And the Eagles are now the NFC East champions. Uh, the Jaguars beat the Colts 38 to 20, which I'm actually excited about that win because that win moved my Panthers from eight to seven in the draft board. So super thank you, Jaguars, for winning that game. I appreciate y'all. Um, they won against the Colts uh 38 to 20. Colts in their season seven and nine, Jaguars in their season six and ten. Um, the Steelers lost to the backup Ravens, which is kind of crazy to think about. Uh, they won 28 to 10 over the uh, Steelers. Steelers in their season eight and eight and the Ravens in their season 14 and two with the best record in the NFL right now. Um, the Titans, they won their game and they're finding themselves in the playoffs with that win. Um, Derrick Henry is a freaking monster. 32 carries, 211 yards, three touchdowns. He wins the Russian, Russian title again this year. We got to start giving Derrick Henry a little bit of more credit um, because he's been balling lately. Um, they beat the, uh, the Texans, who still didn't win. The they, Texans already won the division, so they really didn't have nothing else to play for. And winning this game wouldn't have really did them any good anyway. Uh, but they beat uh, the Titans 
The Titans won that game 35-14. Um, and then also the game that probably had the biggest implications of the week and the game that everybody kind of watched, and it was a good game too, was the 49ers versus the Seahawks. 49ers found themselves in their season 13-3 uh, with a win over the Seahawks 26-21, and they clinched the number one spot with that win. Seattle is in their season 11-5 and five as well and finding themselves in the playoffs. So that's kind of what took place last week um, in the NFL. So I want to go ahead and jump into these playoff games. We're at the, at the best time of the football season is when games actually start really, really mattering. So the first game we got on Saturday is the Bills versus the Texans. This is going to be a very interesting game. Now, the Texans have this game at home, which is a plus because if this game was in Buffalo, it's probably going to be freezing cold up there. I would definitely be taking Buffalo heavy in this game. So I want to kind of just go through a, a little bit of the aspects of this game um, because I think this is going to be a pretty fairly even matched. Right now, Vegas has Houston as a three-point uh, as a three-point favorite, which they're at home. So that basically means they have they always normally spot the players, the team that's at home three points. So basically they feel like this is a pretty evenly matched game, which to me it is. J.J. Watt has announced that he's going to play. A lot of people thought, you know, J.J. Watt would be out for the season, but he's actually going to play in this game. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see as well, just to kind of see how he plays. Uh, Bill O'Brien did say he'll get a few snaps, things such as that. So that's going to be interesting to see. Um, now, it is going to be interesting to see about Shaq Lawson because he has been questionable, but I'm pretty sure in a game like this, and he's having a great year, um, he's going to play. In a game like this, this is the playoffs, man. You put everything on the line. On, I mean, you you got to go at it full harm. And I also think it's going to be interesting to see kind of how some of the injuries with the Houston Texans play out as well because they have Will Fuller right now and Bradley Roby, which is two integral pieces of their team. Um, they have them as questionable right now for the game. So that's going to be interesting to see how that works out. But that game is on Saturday. We should probably know more on their health and things such as that by the time this podcast drops on Friday. So you guys will kind of know more about that situation. In this game... I, this is so evenly matched, man. I don't trust Bill O'Brien. I don't. I do not trust Bill O'Brien. I don't like the Bills, and I don't think that they're really a good team either. But something telling me the Bills going to win this game. I, I don't know why. Their defense is amazing. I love their defense. They're really good. They're ranked third in defense right now in the NFL. I think the Buffalo Bills win this game, man. I really do. I think they win. Um... It's going to be a close one, though. I would say something like 14-17, something like that, 17-14, whatever. I'm taking the Bills to win their first playoff game in 20-something, 20-plus years. Yeah, uh, I'm taking the Bills to win this game, man. I think they're – I just don't trust Bill O'Brien, and I feel like Buffalo has been really good away from home this year. They're 6-2 right now away from the crib, so that's huge in itself. And also, I just don't trust Bill O'Brien. I don't. I think Sean McDermott is a great coach. I don't like Josh Allen, but I think he can get what he needs to get done on this Houston defense. So I'm actually going to take um, I'm going to take Buffalo in this game to win. I really am. Next, we have the Tennessee Titans playing uh, against the New England Patriots in Foxborough. Um, me personally, 
it's kind of weird seeing New England in this spot. New England, even though that record is 12 and 4, they really have not clicked. They haven't had that click game all year where it just seems like, okay, the Patriots are alive. They're woke now. They haven't had that game this year. Normally by now they would have had that game this year. But I don't think they've had that game this year. I think Tennessee is the game they do it. I think they wake up right now um, coming into this game. They are a five-point favorite. So essentially a two-point favorite. Um, That's what Vegas thinks. Obviously, we can see Tom Brady as Father Time has caught up with him. Finally, it's about time that it has. But Father Time has caught up with him. It's pretty inevitable at this point that it's caught up with him. Um, and to be honest, I mean, you hate to see it, but I I love seeing what T- Ryan Tannehill is doing, for one, before I even say what I'm about to say. I like Tennessee's story, and I hate to say this, but I think New England's going to blow Tennessee out. I don't think this game is close. I think this is going to be the game where New England wakes up. Now, I could be wrong. I They could barely slide out this game and still look a mess, but I think this is the game where, you know, Tennessee gets – basically humbled and New England wakes up. I got New England in this game 27 to 10. I think they beat him by a pretty marginal amount. Um Mike Vrabel, you know, playing against his old team as a coach now. Um I wonder will that play a role in anything in a motivation factor, but as of right now, I just think New England is more fit. Now don't get me wrong, Ryan Tannehill has played the best football of his career this year, but I think personally to me I think personally to me, honestly, uh, that at this point, you know, um, I really just think the Titans may be a little over their head in this game against New England. Then we move on to Sunday's games, which to me are the better games. And I'm glad I kind of wish they would have put one of these games on Saturday night. Um, But we got the Minnesota Vikings heading to New Orleans to play the Saints. Um, New Orleans comes in this game 13 and 3, 6 and 2 at the crib. Um, and right now, New England, I mean not New England, excuse me, New Orleans is a seven and a half point favorite. You know how I feel about Kirk Cousins. You guys know how I feel about Kirk Cousins. This is no secret. Everybody knows he cannot perform when games matter. You've seen it time and time and time again. I think it continues. I think he still finds a way to not win. I don't think anything changes. I think New Orleans wins this game in a pretty convincing fashion. I would say probably somewhere in the lines of maybe 31 to 17, 31 to 14. I don't trust Kirk Cousins. Never have, never will. That's just my own personal opinion about it. I don't trust the man. That's just why. That's just how I feel about the guy. I don't trust him. Um, but in this game, man, I, I, I'm taking New Orleans to win, man. I think with you know Drew Brees, he's been hot of late. He has 27 touchdowns, four interceptions. I mean, you could argue right now Michael Thomas is one of, if not the best wide receiver in the game. And then Alvin Kamara, since he's came back from his injury, has been amazing. So it's just so many variables that play a part of this that you almost have to come in and say, yo, to me, I I don't think it's it's a a no-brainer to me. New Orleans winning this game. To me, it's not even a a thought about it. They're winning this game. I don't trust in Kirk Cousins, and that's just me. 
And in the last game on Sunday evening, which will be at about 440, will be Seattle at Philly, which is a very intriguing game. Philly, we already know they've been bolstered by injuries. I mean, it's been bad. Alshon Jeffrey, Zach Hurts. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. We already know everything about all the injuries that have took place in Philadelphia this year. But Carson Wentz has stepped up and played out of his mind probably the last three to four weeks. He's been playing really, really well. Um, You know, Carson Wentz is making everybody a believer right now. The Eagles are actually coming in right now as a one-point favorite, one-and-a-half-point favorite right now. Um, so that's interesting to see. But we got to see about some of these these injuries that, you know, it's just so many injuries that the, the Eagles have. I mean, Zach Ertz, Aguilar. I mean, the list just goes on and on. I mean, they even have Mal Sanders on the injury list. Like, it's just ridiculous how many injuries that they have. Now, this game is in Philly, which is a, a help to them. But I'm just going to be real with y'all, man. I'm taking Seattle in this game, man. I'm going to be straight up with you. I think Russell Wilson is a magician. He's going to make some plays in this game that we're going to look at and be like, wow, how did he make that play? That's what he does. That's what makes Russell Wilson Russell Wilson. He has plays where it's just like, wow, did he really just do that? And I think that's going to continue. The Eagles and Carson Wentz shouldn't hold their head because, to be honest, they probably shouldn't even be here. It should probably be the Cowboys because of the talent. But because they don't have a good coach, and we're going to jump into that in a few seconds, you know, they're they're not going to be participating in these playoffs. They're going to be sitting right at home with us watching these games. So that's that. But I got, I got Seattle winning this game, man, in Philly. I'm going to take Seattle 31-24 in this game, man. I think it's going to be a good game. But I think Russell Wilson will make more plays than, you know, Carson Wentz, unfortunately, for them, for the Eagles. But that's just how I feel about it, man. Now let's talk about some of these coaching candidates real quick. Um, You know, at this point, it's so much going on in Dallas. I want to jump into them first. Uh, Jason Garrett, as of right now, now this could change between now and when the podcast drop on Friday. He's still the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. How? I don't know. Why? I don't know. I honestly do not know. Um, To be completely real, man, it's just like, I don't see how you can keep them. They had a top five roster, talent-wise, and you cannot get them to the playoffs. That's a problem, bro. That is a serious problem. That's some coaching that's got to be something's wrong in the coaching realm of something because there's no way that team, as talented as they are, should not be getting to a playoff, should be going 8-8, eight and eight. should be struggling, losing to the Jets and teams like that. That shouldn't be happening with a roster that talented. Jason Carrot, like I said, this could change between now and when this podcast drop on Friday night. He should not be the coach of the Dallas Cowboys, really, by the time this podcast dropped on Friday. He shouldn't be the coach, but we'll see. Ron Rivera has signed a, a five-year deal in Washington, D.C. Um, 
And he's actually bringing on Jack Del Rio, which I think is an amazing hire as a defensive coordinator. Um, I like that move for Washington. Now, y'all obviously know I was hard on Ron Rivera a lot. We get it. We all know how I was on Ron Rivera. But he is a decent coach. I just think it was time for a change of scenery for him. Now, it's going to be interesting to see what he does at quarterback because what if Dwayne Haskins is not his guy? What happens then? Because a lot of people have a lot of doubts about Dwayne Haskins. You got to think about it. Alex Smith, he don't even know if he's going to come back to ever play football again after that, that leg injury he had a few years back, two years ago or last year or whatever the case may be. He doesn't even know if he's coming back. We still haven't heard anything about that. Who else do they have? Case Keenum? Come on, man. You're not, you're not starting no franchise around no Case Keenum. And a lot of people have a lot of doubts about Dwayne Haskins. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out in the next few years if they decide to go with get another quarterback. Because a lot of people have a lot of doubts about Dwayne Haskins. But I'm pretty sure Ron would at least give him one year to kind of see what he can do. Um, I just hope if he is good, I hope he doesn't run him in the ground like he did Cam Newton in Carolina. Um. But that was what's going on with that. Now, I want to talk about a few of these candidates, and then we'll go ahead and move on over into college football. Um, we have Matt Rule getting a lot of love uh, right now. He had an interview today in Carolina with uh, the Carolina Panthers, and then he has another one, I believe, Saturday with the Giants. Um, no, 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 no. No, I'm wrong. Excuse me. Matt Rule, I'm thinking about BNB. Sorry. Matt Rule is actually in Mexico right now, kind of getting away from everything. After the bowl game in New Orleans, he went to Mexico today. So he's not doing any interviews as of right now. BNB from Kansas City is the one that went to Carolina today and is going to New York, I believe, either tomorrow or Saturday to do another set of interviews. BNB has been a guy that's been highly touted really for the last two off seasons because Patrick Mahomes, you've seen what he's done with them. And then obviously a lot of people respect the Andy Reid coaching tree, which you can't blame him. Ron Rivera, Doug Peterson. I mean, it's a lot of good coaches that come out of that, that tree. Um, so to me personally, I, I think, I like BNB. I think I like what he's done. A lot of people talk highly about him. Really, a lot of people feel like he should have had a coaching job last year. So he went to Carolina today. A lot of high praises from everybody from what I'm hearing. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how everything goes. Um, but he's a highly sought-out guy. Urban Meyer's name keeps getting thrown around with this Cleveland job. I wonder how that's going to work because I keep hearing his name being brought up and sources today were saying he was at the facility in Cleveland today. So who knows? So we'll see how that plays out. Um, I don't know if Urban Meyer, I don't know though. He seems like the coach that actually could make the jump from, from college to NFL. He, I don't know why Urban Myers, I don't like him as a person, but he's a really good coach. Like I'm not even gonna lie to you about that, but he seems like the one that might could make the jump. Maybe he seems like the one that actually could probably make the jump. Um, so just keep your eyes out on that situation. And then also as well, um, another guy that's getting a lot of praise right now is Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy has had two interviews with the Carolina Panthers. 
He's also, I believe, had an interview with either the New York Giants, I want to say. To, I think he had an uh, interview with the New York Giants today, actually. And then I think he has an interview with the Cleveland Browns, or he either turned down a Cleveland Brown interview. I can't remember, and somebody can correct me when y'all hear this. But I believe he also was reached out by the Cleveland Browns too as well. So that's another name that I'm hearing a lot about. Me personally, if you want to ask me who I would like as a coach for my franchise, for the Carolina Panthers, I'm leaning towards Bienaby or Matt Rule. I'm cool with Matt Rule too if they get him. I think he's another guy because he's actually worked in the NFL before. So seeing just what he did at Baylor, I mean, a lot of people don't remember. Three years ago, Baylor was like in this big sex scandal. You know, they were just in a lot of trouble down there. The year after that, it went 1-11. and 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 then that next year, he kind of turned them around. And then this year, they went like 11-2. and Like they had a really good year. He's really changed the culture at Baylor. Now... I like Matt Rule. I think he's a leader of men. I think he can do a good job wherever he goes. But I, it's to me, I think Greg Roman is another name that you got to kind of consider too as well. Greg Roman is a good a good coach that I would definitely consider. Um, There's so many guys out here. But I can tell you one thing. Don't fool. Oh, that's another guy. Pat Shermer was fired. It was a lot of coaches fired. I forgot to say that. Pat Shermer was let go, relieved of his duties, which we kind of, we kind of knew that was coming. I'm still surprised we haven't heard anything from Jason Garrett. That still kind of is a shocker to me. Um, but I'm thinking in the next few days we'll hear something about Jason Garrett. Lincoln Raleigh, I haven't heard really too much rumblings about him, to be completely honest with you. We'll see how that works out as well. I'm trying to think, is there any more coaching candidates that I'm not thinking of? I talked about McCarthy. I talked about uh, my guy, um, Greg Roman. Talked about um, trying to think of everybody that's on the coach. It's a lot of coaches out here. Um, Ron was hired. We talked about that. It's just a lot. Um, we talked about BNB, obviously. Um, we talked about a lot of coaches, man. Matt Rule is another name that keeps floating around. Those are the main names I keep hearing floating around in these coaching carousels. But really, besides that, I haven't heard any other names really talked about that much honestly but um it's gonna be interesting to see i know whatever happens with jason garrett i think after that happens everything's gonna start dominoes are gonna start falling after that once that once that happens because i know the dallas cowboys are probably gonna want to act pretty quick after they let if they let i think they're gonna let him go but if they let him go they're probably gonna move pretty quick on whatever coach they're gonna take um if i was them i would um so that's just me um if you guys don't already, I need you to follow me on Instagram at AO underscore T time nine. And then also as well on the podcast page that talks with T time, the podcast. And then also, if you don't, if you're a Twitter person, you can follow me on Twitter as well. I talk a lot of sports on there. That's going to be at AO underscore T time nine as well. So if you need me on there, you know, you can find me on Twitter. I'm not hard to find at all. Um, and I'm always talking sports. So if you don't like Instagram or anything like that, you can find me there. When we come back, I want to go ahead and jump into some college football, mainly the playoffs. Um, Clemson, Ohio State was a absolute thriller. We'll talk about that a little bit. And then we'll also talk about LSU's dominance over Ohio State, which I predicted. Um, we'll talk about that when we get back.
What is up, you guys? It's your boy Tony T Time Westman, and I'm back at it again with another episode of Talks with T Time, the podcast. Man, we're back again, man. I appreciate you guys' love and support, man, on season two. Um, I just really thank you guys for everything you guys are doing. And like I said, 2019 is over, 2020, that's our year. We're taking over the game, man. So I really do appreciate you guys and everything uh, you guys doing just the support that y'all show and the love that y'all show, man. It's really been just really life changing and tremendous. So I really do appreciate you guys. Um, let's talk some college football, man. Um, a lot of good games over the weekend, but you know, the main ones I really want to focus on are the two big playoff games. We'll jump into those two as well. Uh, but I do just want to talk a little, you know, about some of the games that took place this weekend that kind of, you know, just top 25 teams, stuff like that. I kind of want to just cover those games mostly. Um, just the top 25 teams from over the weekend. Um, a lot of good teams that I've seen play over the weekend. I watched a lot, a lot, a lot of college football this weekend. I can definitely tell you that now. Um, I watched a lot of college football over the weekend. So it was exciting to watch, definitely. And I'm actually watching college football as I'm recording this because Tennessee is actually playing Indiana as of right now, which has actually been on the, the TV for about an hour now. But it's actually a pretty good game, though. I'm actually kind of you know, recording and watching the game at the same time. Very interesting game. But I do want to talk about some of the games that took place this weekend. So I know last time we talked, we were talking about, you know, Ohio State, Clemson. We're going to jump into them in a minute. But I do want to jump into some of these other games that took place. I know we talked about Penn State and Memphis for a little bit. Uh, but I want to jump into some, so just a few more games that we talked, that we didn't really touch on that I would like to talk about at least. Um one game that I watched on Monday night was uh, the Florida versus Virginia game. That was actually a pretty entertaining game. Uh, Florida ended up winning 36-28 to in that game. It was a very close game, very good game. Um, it, was, it was a good game, man. I, I enjoyed watching it, to be real with you. Um, Florida, man, that, that team, Dan Mullen has actually did a really good job. And a lot of people don't give Dan Mullen his credit but he's actually did a really, really good job this year. Um, I'm actually going to start a live right now. So we're going to go live on Instagram. So you guys that are jumping on Instagram now, you guys are going to get a little peek of what we're going to be talking about, um, you know, throughout the week here. So I am going live on Instagram right now if you're on there. But um, I, that Florida-Virginia game to me was very interesting. Um it's just you can see the power that Florida has. And shout out to Dan Mullen because he's another guy that's getting a lot of praise for NFL jobs, surprisingly. Um, a lot of people were talking about Dan Mullen. Like, I even thought Dan Mullen's name was brought up about the Giants job, which to me was actually pretty surprising. But um, Dan Mullen has did a great job at Florida. I think he's now going on his, what, second year, being at third year, being there. And they've won 10 win seasons both years. Um, they're doing a just a, a great job down there in Gangsville. Um, just really building a culture. They did a really good job of that. Uh, so that's one thing that I definitely have looked at, and I looked at that in that game too as well. They really just played sound football in that game. So shout out to the Florida Gators. You know, Dan Mullen has did a great job. Like I said, tremendous respect for what he's built down there. Uh, my boy Jabril checking in. What's up, Jabril? Um, he just did a great job, man. I really, I really like what he's doing at Florida. And Florida's a team that if Georgia don't step it up, they could be on their toes. Um, so that's definitely a team that I'm going to watch out for throughout the season. Another game I watched too as well, this was on New Year's Eve, 
I watched uh, the uh, Louisville versus Minnesota, uh, Mississippi State game where Louisville won 38-28. Another great coaching job done by Scott Satterfield. Now, we've seen what he did, especially if you're from North, if you're from North Carolina. You've seen what he did in, at App State for years. 10-win seasons, 11-win seasons. He's been doing that for years at App State. Now, as you can see at, you know, Louisville, I mean, he took a team that won two games last year and and got these guys eight wins. That's a complete turnaround, and you love to see that type of things for a program like them. Um, obviously, Louisville is a, a, a dynamic program that's been building. You know, obviously having Lamar Jackson a few years ago helped them with, you know, kind of gaining – the attention of the whole United States and things such as that. But Scott Satterfield has did a great job. I mean, a great job at Louisville. I mean, he's been tremendous. So that's definitely um, just a guy that we got to give credit to is Scott Satterfield. Um, another game that I checked out too as well was California versus in Illinois. Um, I didn't watch the whole game. I'm not going to sit up here and lie to y'all like I did watch the whole game because I did not. Um, California did win that game 35-20. And then the game that I watched also as well was two good games that I watched yesterday. Um, or was that? No, it was two good games I watched, yeah, yesterday, so New Year's Day. Um, I watched the Rose Bowl, which is obviously always kind of known as the best bowl game. Um, I watched that game, and then also as well, I watched um, the Sugar Bowl. And I'm going to talk about both of those games because they were really – Really good games. Um, so the first game was Oregon versus Wisconsin. Really good teams. I mean, both of these teams are very sound. Both of these teams are very stout. They both just played a really good game, man. It was back and forth. Um, Oregon did end up winning the game 28-27 to against Wisconsin. Um, I'm not a big fan of Justin Herbert. A lot of you guys already know that. That's not really a surprise to anybody that's watching this or seeing this or hearing this on, you know, um, on the podcast. But I'm not a big fan of Justin Herbert. I think he's a good college quarterback, but he won't do anything in the NFL. I think he's a Marcus Mariota remake. But that's just me. Uh, we all have our separate opinions. But uh, Wisconsin really kind of got screwed on a call late in this game. And we're going to obviously talk about a lot of that, talking about the Clemson and Ohio State game, which I know you guys want to hear from me on. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of that stuff. So we'll jump into that in a few seconds here. But I did want to talk about how good the Rose Bowl was. Very good game. It was perfectly, you know, set for Wisconsin and also as well Oregon. And then uh, we had Georgia versus Baylor. Now, last year, as you can remember, Georgia was also in the Sugar Bowl last year against Texas, and they didn't show up. You could tell they didn't want to be there. Uh, different scenario this this year. Different scenario. Um, Georgia performed very well. They won 26-14. Uh, you seen Zamir White. I mean, I seen that kid when he was in high school, and he was super talented um, when he was at Scotland County um, back in North Carolina. Really talented kid. You've seen him get active, um, 18 carries for 92 yards and a touchdown. Jake Fromm looked like the Jake Fromm of last year, last night. Um, 20 for 30, 250 yards, two touchdowns. That's the Jake Fromm that can go in the first round. That's the Jake Fromm that people want to see. Um, that's what we want to see. That's the Jake Fromm we want to see. We don't want to see this cage Jake Fromm. We don't want to see that. Uh, but I feel like he really showed um, – a lot last night, especially after the type of year he's had. A lot of people expected him to be a top 10 pick, and he definitely has not held up to that ledger. 
And then one other game that I, well, two other games that I watched was Minnesota and Auburn. Now, I didn't get to watch all of Minnesota and Auburn because I was actually on the road back from Florida to Atlanta. Um, so I didn't get to watch the whole thing. But Alabama and Michigan was another game I didn't get to watch because I was on the road back from, you know, Orlando back here to Atlanta. So I didn't get to watch that game either. But um, it was a good game from what I heard. A lot of people was telling me the scores was closer than what the game actually was. So that's interesting to see. Um, but I heard Jerry Judy put on an absolute clinic, man. Now I'm just looking at the stats here. It looks like he really did put on a clinic. So I didn't get to see that game fully because, like I said, I was on the road and stuff like that, getting back to Atlanta from Orlando. So that's that. Um, but, you know, obviously Alabama's not used to playing in bowl games like this. They're, they're used to playing in actual games that actually matter. Um, so that's that. Uh, Minnesota ended out their season 11 and two. That's like I said, I've been saying this for like the last two months. They were my, you know, sleeper team of the year, to be honest. For them to be 11 and two, beating up on Auburn, a SEC opponent, um, that's huge. But let's go ahead and jump into the big games. Let's just go ahead and get to what you guys really want to hear about. We're actually, as of right now, on live on Instagram. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about Oklahoma LSU. I predicted to this. I predicted y'all this last, I didn't think the score would be this bad, but I predicted a blowout. I think last week I said something on the lines of like 49 to 21. Um, I predicted a blowout. I predicted a skunking. I predicted, I, I knew it was going to happen. But Joe Burrow is amazing. I mean, <laughs> there's no other way I can say it. Uh, 29 for 39, 493 yards and seven touchdowns. It's just incredible. Chris Curry had a good game. Uh, six, 16 carries, 90 yards. I mean, Justin Jefferson was like, he put up stats that some people put up in a year. 14 receptions, 227 yards, four touchdowns. I mean, unheard of video game type stats. They put up 28 points in one quarter. Like, that's ridiculous. The score ended out to be 63 to 28. Um, Oklahoma, man. I hate to say it. I, and it sounds bad because, like I tell people, I don't think there was four good teams. There was not four playoff-worthy teams this year. There was three. There was Clemson. There was Ohio State. There was LSU. That's it. Nobody else was playoff-worthy. Straight up. That's what it was. And Oklahoma just kind of got invited for the beatdown. Oh, my sister just timed in. She said, I see you, bro. Appreciate the love, sis. Um... They just kind of came for the whooping. Like, they knew what they were expecting. They knew what they were going to get. They knew what was going to happen when they walked into Mercedes-Benz Stadium. They got beat before they even got there. They already knew what the deal was. Um, LSU was amazing, and my Clemson Tigers played them in a week, and I'm a little worried, and we'll talk about that, and we'll vent about that in a few minutes. But um, LSU, we knew they were going to dominate. We knew they were good. We knew they were impressive. They've been impressive all year. Um we knew what they were going to be. We knew they were going to be good, and they showed that. Joe Burrow is by far probably one of the best quarterbacks in LSU history already. Um, Oklahoma, I mean, you kind of hate to see it for Justin uh, – not Justin Fields. Whew, sorry. You hate to see it for Jalen Hurts because he's had such an impressive college career. I mean, both at Bama and at Oklahoma. Shout out to my man Mercer Chum. And then what's up, Mercer? Um – He's had a he's just had an impressive career, man, at both schools. He broke records basically at both schools. He did a great job, man. So you really do hate to see it. Um, but I mean, Oklahoma had several players hurt. 
Several players suspended. I mean, it was going to happen eventually. We knew this game was going to get out of hand, but I didn't think it was going to get out of hand that bad. And then the big hog molly of them all. Clemson versus Ohio State, to me, was a classic. Not just because Clemson won. Even if Clemson would have lost that game, I still say that game was a complete classic. That game was a knockout, blowout, dragout. It was it was a good game, man. It was a really good game. And um, I'm going to have to cut Instagram Live off because I got to have y'all tune into something because I'm going to really dive into this Clemson thing. I'm going to go ahead and cut that off. I'm going to share that on my story. But I really got to go ahead and jump into this into this Clemson thing, man. Um, wow. I mean, I, I, I really don't know what to say. Now, let me jump and start off on the refereeing thing. Let's get there first because I know that's what y'all want to hear from a Clemson fan, from the Clemson fan perspective. Let's talk about targeting. Because, and I hate to say it, this guy on Twitter, I can't even remember his name right now, but he called Ohio State fans Walmart fans. And that's kind of what they are. Like, they're everywhere. I said that, I, I think I said that on Twitter. Ohio State fans are casual college football fans. You can find them anywhere. You can find them everywhere. They're, they're everywhere. They watch about six to seven games a year, and that's about it. Now, targeting. Let's go to the targeting play that got Sean Wade basically thrown out the game. Because that's the play that everybody says changed the game. And it did. I, I won't sit up here and lie to you. If you, and this is what targeting is. It's literally in the rule book. If you launch at anybody in the, I, I hate the rule for one. Let me say that too as well. I hate the rule. But if you launch your head at anybody, I mean anybody, if you launch your head, your helmet, the crown of your helmet, at the neck area, or anywhere in the head area, anywhere, you are, that's targeting, period. There's no other way around it, it's targeting. Do I like the rule? No. Do I think the rule sucks? Yes, I've said that plenty times. The rule is trash. I do not like the targeting rule. I've said that several times. I do not like the targeting rule at all. I've been very verbal about that. But that's the rule. If you charge and hit somebody in their head area, it is considered targeting. There's no other way around it. There's no way you can lie about it. There's no way to do anything like that. That is a targeting penalty. I got on Periscope on Saturday. or What day was that? No, that was Sunday. And explained the same exact thing. That's a targeting rule, unfortunately. You get suspended and you get kicked out for the rest of the game. We get all that. That's what happens. Now, let's talk about the strip fumble with Justin Ross. On that, I completely agree with Ohio State fans. He definitely got stripped and he definitely fumbled. Now, I will say this, though. The refs can only look at real time. They can't look at, like, slow down images and stuff like that, which also as well, I think, sucks. It's trash, but they can only look at real speed, real time. If that's the case, it does look like he just dropped the ball. It does. I can't lie about it. It looks like he just dropped the ball. But if you slow that tape down, you can see that Justin Ross completely got stripped. 
And he's another guy that I got to talk about and tear into in a few seconds because he has not performed at all this year. And we'll jump into him in a few minutes. But um, what I was saying, Justin Ross fumbled that ball. I agree with Ohio State fans on that completely. To me, it was a fumble. I won't sit here and lie to you. It was a fumble. Point blank, period. Now, let me jump on to my argument against Ohio State fans. For one, you're up 16 to nothing. You're up 16 to nothing. It should have been going up really 21 to nothing if, if, if J.K. Dobbins doesn't drop the ball or put the ball down first before actually cohorting the catch. You go up 21. You should have been up 16. You should have really been up 21 nothing, but we'll say you went up 16 nothing. You never delivered the knockout blow to Clemson. Clemson is one of those teams like Bama. You have got to put them away. You cannot let them breathe. I'm a Clemson fan. I know. You cannot. Clemson's offense is so dynamic, they can just score like that, like clockwork. You can't let them do that. You have, you have, you have to put them out the game early. They did not do that. They let Clemson have a 94-yard drive touchdown. They let them have a 99-yard drive touchdown. They let them have a 75-yard drive touchdown. They, they let them get a lot of points on long drives. You cannot expect to do that and have two interceptions, and Clemson had zero turnovers. You cannot expect to do that and win the game. It's just not going to happen, especially against a good team. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. That's just the simple fact of it all. It's not going to happen. Now, let's jump into everything else. Because we got to talk about Trevor Lawrence, man. And I'm, I'm already almost at the expersion of saying he's already a top five Clemson Tiger to me. Already. Yep, I went that far. He's already a top five Clemson Tiger to me. Trevor Lawrence went 18 for 32, 259 yards, and two touchdowns. He rushed for over 100 yards. 16 carries, 170, uh, 107 yards. Now, one of those was for 67 yards, obviously the big touchdown he had. And crazy stat, the craziest stat of the day, Travis Etienne led in receiving. Now, I'm going to talk about that too. Jeffrey Okuda is a beast. He deserves to be a top five pick. It's not even a question in my mind about it. He is the best corner coming out in the, in the draft this year. But Travis Etienne ate them up for two big catches on touchdowns. Three receptions, 98 yards, two touchdowns. Travis Etienne made a lot of plays in that game that was vital for Clemson winning. Now, Justin Fields. Kind of had a rough game a little bit. Two interceptions, two costly interceptions. Obviously, the one to end the game. And then the one Isaiah Simmons got, because that really gave Clemson kind of like a lot of momentum when that interception took place. Now, J.K. Dobbins had a great game. 18 carries, 174 yards. Great. I mean, amazing game. But I don't care about the refs. I think the better team won. And I'm not saying that Ohio State isn't a good team, but I knew Clemson was better than them. I came on this podcast last week and predicted that 
Clemson would beat Ohio State. I think I said something on the guidelines of like 38-35, and I wasn't too far off, 29-23. Not that far off from what I predicted. I knew it would be a game where it was going to be close, back-to-back, going back and forth, momentum-changing type plays. But I thought Clemson was the better team coming into that game. No bias. Now, next week, we'll talk about Clemson LSU. (laughs) And that's a game that I worry about in a national championship. And I'm not going to break down everything now, but I am so worried about that secondary going against these wide receivers and Joe Burrow. I am. I'm not going to sit up here and lie to you guys. I'm worried. I'm worried. I won't sit up here and sit up here and say, oh, yeah, I'm calm. No, I'm worried. I'm straight up worried. I'm not going to lie to you guys. We're going to talk about that next week, though. We won't talk about that tonight. But we will talk about it next week. To be honest, man, to me, Ohio State just lost to the better team. That's all that is. Ohio State lost to the better team. Ain't nothing wrong with it. They just lost to the better team, man. It happens. It really happens. We're going to end off this podcast of Talks with T-Time, man. Great episode. Really enjoyed it with you guys. Um, If you don't already, I need you to follow me on Instagram at Talks with T-Time. That's the podcast page. And then I need you to follow me on Instagram at AOTTime9. That's my personal page. I still post a lot of uh, sports stuff over there as well. And then also, I want you guys to go ahead and follow us on the Instagram page. Um, Also on my Twitter, at AO underscore T-Time9. A lot of football content over there. A lot of different things over there as well. Um, I thank you guys so much. First podcast of 2020 was definitely a success. Uh, Next week, man. We're going to be talking about a lot of football, man. A lot of football. I look forward to hearing from you guys.